0: Hello, and welcome to Plot
1: This is Meg. This is Lane. And today's episode reviews The Trouble with True Love by Laura Lee Gurk. This was published in 2018 and is the second
0: book in the Dear Lady True Love series.
1: You just get into the jacket? Yes. Dear Lady True Love, I am a girl of noble family, but I am painfully shy, especially in my encounters with those of the opposite sex.
0: For Clara Deverell, standing in for the real Lady True Love means dispensing advice on problems she herself has never managed to overcome. There's nothing for it but to retreat to a tea room and hope inspiration strikes between scones. It doesn't until Clara overhears a rake waxing eloquent on the art of honorable jilting. The cad may look like an Adonis, but he's about to find himself on the wrong side of Lady True Love.
1: Rex Galbraith is an heir with no plans to produce a spare. He flirts with the minimum number of eligible young ladies to humor his matchmaking aunt, but Clara is the first to ever catch his roving eye. When he realizes that Clara, as Lady True Love, has used his advice as newspaper fodder, he's infuriated. But when he's forced into a secret alliance with her, he realizes he's got a much bigger problem because Clara is upending everything Rex thought he knew about women. And about himself. Not bad. I think it's a pretty good one, actually. Pretty good book jacket. Yeah. His name is not Rex Galbraith, though.
0: That's the one problem. That's why it's only, <laughs> it's not perfect. Like, we can't critique the content in terms of the plot, and it doesn't spoil anything, but it gives you a sense of the characters. They just got his name wrong.
1: They got his name wrong. Can I tell you that I loved that his name was Rex? That was so great. Do I want to marry a guy named Rex? No. Did I like reading about a a historical romance hero named Rex? Yes, I did.
0: (laughs) I don't think I've seen another, so that's something.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: So as usual, Meg and I generated a random number to write our own summaries, and this week the number was 31. So mine. Rex's secret is that he financially supports his flaky mom. Clara sucks at writing advice, but is great at editing? Fake relationship means he gets courting money and she gets
1: suitors. That's it. Here's mine. All Clara wants is a husband. So, of course, when she finally falls in love, it's with someone who's vowed never to marry. Confidence might help, so lean in at work. I like that. <laughs> <Thanks>. Thank you. <laughs> I'm
0: glad we both touched at the newspaper in our summaries. A little bit. Yeah. Mhm. Because not just the lady true love aspect, the running of the newspaper was very central to this one. Yes.
1: I, I think it's interesting because we have talked about how we're noticing this like feminist, I mean, capitalist feminism in a lot of these books. I do think there's a touch of it here, but it's not Okay, so when when I am saying capitalist feminism, what am I meaning? I'm basically meaning that they prove that they're a feminist by wanting to work or wanting to make money or wanting to be in control of their own money, which I'm not saying is not feminist. It is 100% feminist, but it's it's viewing feminism through a very capitalist lens Mm -hmm. here. There, there is a little bit of that because she's the boss of a company and she has to find the confidence to man- basically manage other people. Um, but I, I felt like it was slightly less focused on the capitalism aspect because the money wasn't the important part. You know what I mean? Well, and they
0: made no secret of the fact that the newspaper was what kept her family solvent through some really dark times. But I think what you're getting at is Clara derives joy from work, but isn't trying to strategize increasing distribution or profits or like the way, and that has its own issues. Like people should absolutely get paid and have no shame in saying my work life is for the money. I don't feel a sense of obligation beyond that. Like that is an acceptable way to view what you do for a living. But I do think the fact that this really was more of a, her figuring out she was good at stuff more Mm -hmm. than seeking to achieve anything in particular, with right. the business or with her finances changed the lens a lot from what we've been criticizing lately.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So I, I thought it was, I'm just really loving what Laura Lee Girk is doing in this series, um, especially with the, the feminist lens. In the first one, she's a suffragist. Um, she's a newspaper editor. And like, yes, she's doing it for the money, but she's also doing it because she has political aspirations, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this one, Clara does not have aspirations to be a businesswoman. Like, that's not her goal in life. But she does find some kind of fulfillment from it, which is very interesting. Um, we still have not, I we totally just skipped over tropes here, so sorry. But it's, I don't know, it, it's something that's been, I think, on our minds lately. And I guess we just want to talk about it.
0: Yeah. So the biggest trope in this book is a fake relationship.
1: That it is.
0: They strike a bargain. It's very Bridgerton-esque.
1: Oh, it's it's very Bridgerton-esque. Because she's like, why? My goal is to get married. And if if you're going to court me but not marry me, what's in it for me? And he's like, well. Men are pissing dogs. I <laughs> second that somebody else is on you. <laughs> yep, yep. But anyway, I it's the same thing that happens in all the fake relationship books, which is you know when men see that another man is interested in you, they become interested. I liked how Rex put it here because Rex's biggest quality in this book is that he is emotionally intelligent. Basically, that's Rex's like greatest strength.
0: About everything except
1: himself. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that is an aspect of emotional intelligence. Absolutely. <laughs> like, but that's not me
0: saying it's inconsistent. Oh, that's just me pointing out that in terms of his ability to, like, take his own advice, boy, is dumb.
1: Absolutely. Um, so he is one of those men who's never going to marry because of his parents' past. He also kind of wants to stick it to his father by not producing an heir. How many times have we seen this? Bridgerton. So many times. <laughs>
0: so wow. Clara is a wallflower. And in spite of her occupation in this book, she's not really blue stocking. Her big disadvantage is that she and her sister were cut off from their noble relations during their parents' marriage. While they're back in their good graces and her sister is now a duchess. The Duke's mother has just made a scandalous match, supported by her children, and so mm-hmm. the whole taunt is cutting them. So basically, she's spent her entire life sort of on the outskirts of good society, or in good society, but during a scandalous time for her family. Mm-hmm. And so she's awkward and shy to begin with, but she doesn't have the pedigree that would inherently overcome it.
1: Right. Right. So there's there are a lot of things... It's, it's very well done. Yes. Oh, I love this. So Elaine talked about this in her summary. Rex strikes a bargain for the fake relationship. So we all know what's in it for Clara, which is apparently more men will be interested in her. Why does Rex want to do it? He doesn't want to do it because if he's courting someone, then all the matchmaking mamas will be off his back. He wants to do it because his father cut him off financially because Rex told him he wasn't going to get married. And so now if his father sees him courting a woman. Say that again. What?
0: His father cut him off financially when he found out he was seeing his mother.
1: That's true. But he also didn't reinstate him because he's like, you're not going to use the money to get married. He, he mm-hmm. really wants Rex to get married.
0: And he knows that if he does give him money, he'll give it to his mom.
1: Right. Um. So which brings us to the oh it's, which is the so, trope I'm trying to talk about <laughs> which is that he's broke he doesn't have any money but why it's not because he's been out whoring or gambling it's because he it's for noble reasons yes. he's giving his money to
0: like a good cause or at least it's selfless
1: it's a selfless cause yeah his his selfless. oh my God I felt I actually so. As we've mentioned, Rex has strange relationships with his family. I loved it. I thought his character and his relationship with both of his parents was so consistent and so well-drawn. Just loved it.
0: Absolutely. The, The only point of clarification I want to offer here is she's not paying him to be in the fake relationship. She's paying him to do work for her at the newspaper. And he says, okay, I only do work at the newspaper if you agree to be in this fake relationship. I want more than money. I also want to have the appearance of courting someone, but you'll benefit from that, too. So I just want to be clear that this isn't like a gigolo situation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I actually didn't even mention. So she is paying him. She's paying him for writing her Dear Lady True Love column. Right. But he's also hoping that his father will reinstate his allowance, basically. Right. When he sees that he's courting a an eligible debutante. Yes.
0: There is a lust at first waltz. Sadly, they don't make it out into the garden for a fondle. But that's because he basically tells her that's what he wants to do. <laughs> I
1: was like, they almost did. And I, I loved it. <laughs> I actually really like she, because she like runs away from him and he like runs after her. And you kind of want him to catch her, but at the same time, you kind of don't, because it's the very beginning of the book. But it's good. It's very good.
0: Um, Their first kiss is a, she's putting herself down, and he finally can't listen to her talk about why she's not perfect anymore, so he makes out with her.
1: How many, God, I love the one's like, what are you saying no one finds you desirable? How do I I
0: convince you?
1: How do I possibly convince you that you're like the
0: hottest thing on legs? I know. Jump your bones.
1: Obviously, words aren't working, so... To move to action. I don't hate it. Confidence is very sexy. And he basically
0: gives the world this advice. But as always, when a man is giving good advice about confidence and, like, your smile and your eyes in a romance novel, he does slide in a reference to you also your moves.
1: Yeah. It's, look... Very I
0: laughed
1: out loud. I out loud. It's also like, yep. Uh-huh. Yep. This is it's very much those the books, you know, you're like, yes, this was this was written by a man. Yep. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh God, yes. There's the they they consummate their relationship. But before they do, they both say, You understand what this means, right? Yes, of course I understand what this means but it means different things to both of them and they don't clarify what this means and yeah this this is such a mainstay it was a little frustrating because this entire book they were i really 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 liked their communication because they were very clear open honest everything we complain about I mean, everything we say that we want in romance couples and then this very end they had this miscommunication
0: I didn't love a lot of the ending and it kind of let me down because I really like so much of this book so like Meg said their tone changes their honesty changes their communication changes when they finally hook up through the end of the book but also she and Meg will talk about this more later she finds herself not just personally but also in her career but I didn't need the end result of that to be she wanted to stay in charge of the paper yeah I agree like, I I didn't quite get, I, I thought, it, like, it should be more a realization that, like, she loves having a life beyond drawing rooms, tea parties, and balls. I and thought she you were should say, find
1: her passion. I thought you were going to say she loves being in charge, because that's, you know. <laughs> well, being it's in charge
0: the was, like she wants more than just the life of an aristocrat's wife, but I didn't need her to also love the paper. And I sort of thought that came out of left field. Yeah. So I, I, this honestly, it's not that the ending offended me. I didn't hate it, but I thought the ending didn't live up to the book's premise. Yeah.
1: So, so yeah, I, I really do like, I like those books where the heroine is shy but she can express herself to the hero. Mm Mm-hmm. And in many cases, it's because for some reason she's decided she doesn't like him and so she doesn't care what he thinks about her. Not in all cases, but in many. It is what happens here and it's just so much fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. I also love that even though she does have some good comebacks, she doesn't have, like, always really good comebacks.
0: And the point is, when she doesn't have good comebacks, it's not out of fear. Yes. She's not the generation's wit. Correct. She doesn't have to be. And I, I, Laura Lee Gurk writes pretty distinctive characters. Clara was not Irene. No, not at all. Rex was not Torquil. No. Like, I, I really did feel like, for all that these characters had superficial similarities, it worked pretty well as at being very distinct characters
1: mm-hmm. what did you think of his advice in the very beginning so she overhears him basically giving his friend advice about how to continue being a fuck boy yeah and it turns out that that advice really wasn't bad advice even though it was definitely not exactly is very disingenuous advice, if that makes sense.
0: It does. I wish he'd spoken more respectfully of the woman involved, given she was a friend. hmm. And I wish he'd framed it as. I wish he'd asked more questions. Mm -hmm. Like he just assumed he knew what was best and that the reason his friend was hesitant was because they weren't ready for marriage yet. Right. And like those conversations weren't had. He just jumped right to, all right, well, if you want to keep her on the string, but not get married, here's how you do it. Obviously in a modern context, the idea of dating seriously, having sex and not being on a path to marriage is very socially acceptable. So it's, like, it's not something I'm going to be like, he was, a, he, ins- like, insisting they enter into an unholy union. He like, <laughs> obviously, this benefits from a modern lens and the fact that ultimately he did know his friends very well. But his tone when talking about it bothered me, and I don't think that was ever addressed.
1: Yeah, like. I, I agree. I, I, and I, so although his advice maybe was good, it, so, <laughs> By good, I mean it had the desired outcome, which was well, would I have. To, would have had the desired outcome, which was let's continue our relationship the way it is. Let's not push to get married, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the way he posed it, the way he acted it out, the way he said, this is what you're going to say. She's going to say this and then you need to say that. Was very. um I mean, that was boy, demeaning
0: yeah. toward Dinah.
1: Yeah, and I absolutely understood why Clara wanted to warn the woman right away. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I liked it. At the same time, I, when I say I liked it, I mean I thought it was well done, and I also thought it showed it was very clear why Clara wanted him to be Lady True Love because she's like, look. He actually could probably write some really good advice for these people. And I cannot. I don't have any advice for these people.
0: Well, and even the hypothetical advice she writes over, on overhearing him is pretty much just like, this is what America's gonna do. Don't fall for it. It's, <laughs> it's basically not,
1: exactly what he said. <laughs> she doesn't like
0: hide it at all. She has no ability to make it slightly more hypothetical to hope the woman gets the gist.
1: She just like,
0: word for word, F it.
1: It was, it was funny. I liked
0: it a lot. I liked that he was, as you said, so competent at being Lady True Love. And I don't just mean emotionally intelligent. I mean, like, there's no plot points about him being bad at deadlines or yes. having stress about writing. Like, there really would have been an opportunity to be like, well, I'm going to give my friends advice, but not ladies and not, in writing And like, that never happens. I was no. so pleasantly surprised.
1: Yep. Not once. And I think too, he was like, I made this bargain. She's paying me a lot of money, and I'm gonna hold up my end of the bargain. So he may not have been super gentlemanly all the time, but I liked his um commitment to his contract.
0: Well, and like look, I don't love jealousy. But I did sort of love that the way jealousy was used in this book was to show that like he wasn't breaking his word to her, no matter how bad he wanted to. hmm I still could have done without it, but I still thought it was one in character, and two showed a degree of per- like commitment to contract on his part.
1: Yep. So we we talked about this at the beginning, but part of her part of her blossoming. So she's a wallflower who blossoms, right? Basically, she just gains confidence both in her appearance because Rex is like making out with her all the time, but also yeah, right. <laughs> but also. In her decisions and her, her demeanor, she just, in general, just is more confident. And I think the, the biggest part of where it happens is she finally has the confidence to say, you know what, I do have, I, not only do I have decision-making power, but I have the ability to make good decisions. And it comes out when she fires her um, papers editor. And it's just so great. I mean, this guy is just a total patronizing misogynist um, who's been horrible to her the entire time. And when she finally fires him, you're, like, totally reading the book. You're just, like, rooting for her to do it.
0: I loved that whole scene. The entire thing. Mm -hmm. Because it's also her learning to trust herself and trust her instincts, which obviously has implications even in the life she wants as a wife and a mother.
1: Yes, exactly. Yes. So uh, this, is, this is the reason why I read romance. I don't want to read romance because the, the heroine learns to love herself because the hero loves her. Mm-hmm. But through the relationship, they both change and develop and even if they don't end up together at the end, which they always do, because this is a romance novel, but let's say they didn't, she still would have been more confident at the end. It's the best part of relationships. Right. In my opinion.
0: No, this this was a very well-developed relationship. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Like, sometimes you totally get why characters are into each other. I totally got why they wanted to stay up all night talking on a couch.
1: I know. It was so cute. I'm so cute. I love it. And it, it, fake relationship, it's not my least favorite trope. I also don't think, oh, fake relationship, I'm going to just love it. It has to be well done. And it was really well done here. I just, I, it's really nice. They're like, there's a part where she's like, are we becoming friends? And he's like, I think we are. <laughs> it's just really nice, you know? I liked it. This is a sweet book. It's very sweet. So in this sweet book, what offended you? Well, so they, this, I think this is also a Laura Lee Gurk thing. There's not, it, there is attraction. You can feel that the characters are attracted to each other, right? Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot of like actual explicit sex. So there's one sex scene And in it, it's a little bit, it's not non-consensual, it's not dubious consent, but it's definitely like, I hope she doesn't say no, I'm not going to, like, ask her to say yes, (laughs) right? Hopefully she won't say no, she won't stop me.
0: There's also an earlier scene that is not penetrative sex, where he says specifically, like, I'm going to kiss her so she can't open her mouth to say no. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's thoughts like that that I don't need. Right, exactly. It it adds nothing to the sex scene. Like, you can come up with a different way to represent your hero's sexual desperation.
1: Exactly. Other than, like, I don't need consent here. (laughs) Right. And the actual sex itself was consensual. Yeah. Like all of their everything hookups. were was consensual, yeah. Exactly. Like there was nothing where I was like, oh, this is this is bordering on dark romance here, you know. Not at
0: all. But so I, I kind of don't understand in these sweet saccharine romances why the hero's desperation can only be conveyed through I'm just gonna assume saying nothing means yes.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So it's exactly. easier for me to get it in.
1: Yeah. you I mean, even, even all of this, like, if you want me to go, tell me to go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it doesn't. And he did that to, at the no. beginning,
0: but that was when it got, that's when he did the whole, if we do this, you know what that means thing. And that was so fucking eye rolly that it didn't feel like <laughs> consent. It just felt like a plot device.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's the point. That's the point.
0: I would also just say content warning. As Meg mentioned, there's some patriarchal bullshit, boss demeaning female employees and I think as we maybe probably
1: mentioned in the first book, but it was yeah. pretty
0: here. Uh, Clara's father is an alcoholic.
1: Yeah, yeah. And He's it,
0: there's a there's a couple of pretty realistic moments.
1: Yeah, and I it's, it's tough.
0: It's not like him falling all over himself or like it, embarrassing her publicly or anything, but it's just if anyone's ever witnessed a relative go through it, that like social anxiety and personal anxiety of watching a relative do that to themselves is tough.
1: Yeah. And and I mean, I, I think Laura, I think Girk's strength is that she writes characters who feel very real. Yes. And I think that's what makes it maybe tough sometimes to to read her characters who have these flaws because they're so realistic. Like, the editor who she has to file, you, if you are a woman and you have ever worked with anywhere, you probably have encountered a man like this. Yep. Right? Okay, was this book sexy?
0: After we've just talked about, you know,
1: alcoholism and sexism. I, I do think it was sexy. I do think it was sexy. I think the characters were... I think this is a book where the characters were very attracted to each other Mm -hmm. and you feel the attraction. Like the moment Clara sees him before he opens his mouth, it's like a very um, sexist thing to say, but I kind of love saying it about a guy, you know, (laughs) before he opens his mouth, she's like, Whoa, this guy is the hottest. He's a Greek God. And then he starts talking and she's like, yeah, he's a little less attractive now, (laughs) but like from the moment she sees him, she's like, wow, he's good looking. And for him, he sees her and she's like, he's like, yeah, she's kind of plain. But then this is, this is one of the romance heroes I like, which is the man who likes women, just in general. Not the man who likes hot women or the man who wants to screw women, but the man who appreciates women. He sees her and like, he's like, oh, she looks kind of shy. And then she smiles and he's like, oh, that like really lit up her face. She's really very pretty. I don't know. I like that. He
0: seems to derive joy from making women like
1: themselves. Yeah.
0: Which is why he ends up such a great lady true love, honestly.
1: Yep, yep. So yeah. I I think this book
0: was sexy mm-hmm. in that, like, their first kiss is sexy. And there's a lot of, like, desk sex or, like, desk hookup, I should say. It's not a sex scene. I think what killed it for me here are two things. One, as we mentioned, the only real sex scene in the book was kind of a downer to me. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't that, like, I was like, okay, I guess this is, like, objectively attractive, but I'm mad at both of them right now.
1: I'm mad at them, yeah. And <laughs> You've been doing such a good job with talking with each other for yeah. 85% of the book. And you're not going to talk about this. Yeah.
0: Yep. Okay. Um, and to the surprise of not one listener who has heard uh, more than three episodes of this podcast... I didn't like the way that they spent like the whole end of the book mad at each other and they yeah. And like they spent so much of the book on the same team?
1: Yeah. And it
0: was really weird for the only sex scene
1: to be when the one scene where they're not on the same page. It's it was sad. We've talked about this even in books where they are on the same page, if the if the heroes are separated at the end, it's really tough because when you read a romance, you are reading a book because you want to read about a relationship Mm -hmm. and necessarily if the characters are not together, they're not in a relationship. Right. Right. And so the fact that they, it doesn't matter to me whether they um, have a fight, if it was a third act breakup, I mean, that's my least favorite part is the breakup, but there are other ones where I mean, you know, our favorite, Mr. Impossible, they think he's dead, right?
0: <laughs> I'm okay with... I mean, do I wish they'd been together in the end? Yes. Do I dislike the end of that book? No.
1: But what I'm saying is I I always wish that they are together on the same page, on the same team, in the end. Sorry. Definitely.
0: And I just... Is it too much to ask that I get one scene where they are... Honest with each other physically and emotionally,
1: yeah, I mean, we got we we had the makeout session and the intimate scene where they and that's the thing it was like we had this. yeah, and we could have had it, and we know Gert could have written it, but unfortunately, we didn't get there. That said, I mean it's not it's not like a terrible, bad, horrible ending that ruined the book.
0: This is, like, four out of five stars for me. I really, really liked it. Yes. But I think we have this conversation all the time. In some ways, we're more critical of the stuff that was almost
1: perfect. Yeah, right. Because, like, oh, you were so close. You were, you almost, this is almost, like, five plus stars. Exactly. Like, this
0: was almost one of my, like, I will reread this romance novel whenever I'm in next mood
1: but he was a dingus at the end. He, he is a dingus. Yeah, totally, totally. But, thank you guys uh, so for listening. That's, that's, thank you for listening. And uh, check us out around the internet on Instagram at Plot Trists, Goodreads slash Plot Trists, and then, of course, rate, review, and subscribe.